just want to get in the word? I want to, I want to, I want to share with you part two, I think, I do. I just, I, 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 you ever have that feeling that God's just going to change things? So here, and here's the thing, I, there's some, uh, I, I want you to, uh, let's pray. Could you do that with me? Here's, but here's the thing. A lot of you sitting here, you're, you're, everything is good with you and everything's good in your world. It's good. It's good. But there's people sitting maybe right next to you that are going through the most difficult thing or the most trying time or the most challenging thing ever in their life. And so, um, I want us to pray. I want us to pray that God, we're all in a, we're all in different places, but the Holy Spirit is here to minister to your need today. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you and fill your life. He wants to heal that hurt. He wants to remove the, the struggle. Some of you are struggling with things. You feel like you're imprisoned. The Lord wants to set you free today. Some of you are sick in your body, and I believe the Lord wants to heal you today. So we're just going to give him space to do that right now. Right now. Right now, Holy Spirit, this is your time. It's just, we, we make room for you. We want to make room for you right now in this place because you know every heart. You see into every heart. Many today came in wearing the best smile ever. It's a million dollar smile. But their hearts are broken inside. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll fill every heart here today. Speak to every heart. Comfort every heart. Heal every body. Renew every mind. Father, I thank you that you are releasing us into favor. You are blessing us and enlarging our territory, giving us a bigger place to live and dwell so we can walk in more of what you have for us. I want more, Lord. I pray for more for this church. I appreciate 2016 and everything that you did. But Lord, I'm hungry for more. Not more activity, that more for us to do. More space for you to move. Move in our families. Move in our city. Move in this region. Move in our nation, Lord. Move, God, through what we do. God, I pray that you will just touch hearts and lives here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So... Last week, um, I, I started this thing, a uh, message called Image Trouble. And uh, we started in, in uh, Genesis 1, 26. And actually, Genesis, uh, the book of Genesis, uh, you know, the word Genesis means beginning. So there, here we see the beginning. Because if you want to know the end, you should always go to the beginning. And God shows the end from the beginning, is what the scripture says. And so in God's revelation, he shows us that his, his, his heart and his priority was to make, a, a make man. And I, when I say man now, I want you to understand, I'm not just talking about men. I'm talking about the human race, you know, men and women. Male and female. So his his goal was to make man, the human race. Adam was just the first man. And he says, let us make man. Which actually in the Hebrew, that word is ish. You know, he, he said, let us make man, ish, manish. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And if you go on in Genesis, what it says 
is that then he put Adam to sleep and he's, he's the first record of splitting the Adam. And he took from Adam his rib and he created a woman. And I know there's, you know, there's a lot of jokes and all of that, you know, and men kind of feel like they're superior to women and, and there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of this concept that God, you know, made Adam first because he's most important. But you know what I think? I think God made Adam and then he looked at him and said, I can do better. And then he created Eve. Uh, Eve is the female and her, the name for, for that is Isha. So we got Ish and Isha. And it's an interesting verse in Genesis. It says this, and male and female, he created them. And they, they were created in the image of God. So if you want to know what God looks like, you cannot just look at a man. You cannot just look at a woman. You have to look at man and woman. And then in that unity, what you see is the image and the likeness of God. And that's why, that's why our marriages are so sacred and important to God. That's why God's looking for a righteous seed. Our young people are, it's important because that what, what, what we're, what we're to be doing is propagating God's image in everything we are and everything we do. And so what we're after is to see God's likeness in everything that we are, not just not just in the externals, but the internals. We know Adam and Eve failed, and they sinned, and they got kicked out of the garden because of it. And I was, I, w- I was thinking about this, you know, um, very, I, ha- I had this thought, because I've, I've always thought about, you know, the, the sin of Adam and Eve, and I've always asked the question, look at what we lost Look at what we lost because of Adam and Eve's sin. And this week I heard the Lord say to me, think about what I lost. Because what God, the whole purpose that God created them was for sons and daughters. He wanted sons and daughters. He's a father. And he's a good father, amen? He's a good, good father, hallelujah. And what he, he did all that for is he wanted, he wanted sons and daughters. And, and yes, but when Adam and Eve sinned, what was lost was their, their, they lost their sonship and became, and became slaves. They became slaves to their sin. Paul taught this in, in the book of Romans, um, here's what he says. Now, this is really powerful. If you've got a Bible, turn to Romans chapter 5. It says, Adam was a figure of the one who was to come. Adam was a figure. Adam was created to be in the likeness of God. It didn't take God by surprise. God had always intended before the foundation of the world that he was going to send his son, Jesus. Why? Because look at what it says. Adam was a figure of the one who was to come. Who was to come? Jesus. But the two are not the same. Adam Adam was Adam. Jesus was a different uh, Adam. We, uh, the Bible calls him the second Adam, actually. Now listen to what it says. But the two of them are not the same. Because God's free gift is not like Adam's sin. So that's a very interesting statement. So what, what, it, what it's saying there is, now bear with me here, is that when Adam sinned, we all sinned in him. The Bible teaches that where one man's disobedience came death, we all 
were partakers in that death. Adam's sin, in other words, was passed into all of the human race. Whereby one man's disobedience, sin entered into the human race and death by sin. So you didn't have a choice. Listen to me. You didn't have a choice about sin and the sin nature and the sin life. You were born and you were born under and in Adam. We all are sinners. Isn't that what the scripture teaches? We have all sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Now some of you are better sinners than others. No, I mean, seriously, I've known people, I've known people who are really good people. I mean, they're good people. But that doesn't make a difference. They're still born into sin. Because we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Adam came short. That's the, the it, Adam, is, his whole story was he came short. Now, look at what he goes on to say. He said, so it is true that many people died because of the sin of that one man. Because the wages of sin is what? This is Romans, Romans, you know, 3.23, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So it's true that many people died because of the sin of that one man. But, I love God's buts in the Bible, but God's grace is much greater. But God's grace is much greater. And so is his free gift to so many people through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ. So what we have under Adam, if you identify with Adam, which we all do when we're born into this world, and we, if we identify with Adam, we get Adam's inheritance. Adam's inheritance was death because death comes by sin. Now, the, I'm not being negative because this has a really good this has a really good ending. Because what he's saying is you don't have to stay in your sin. That God made a way. God before the foundation of the world had a plan and his plan was in Christ because Christ wasn't an afterthought. He was the Bible says in the in the mind of God this happened before you were even born. Before you and I were even thought of. And he says what happened was that God's grace is much greater. What is grace? Now we, we understand grace simply defined is the undeserved favor of God. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind or lost, but now I'm found. I was blind too. I was, I was blind, but now, now, everybody say, but now, but now, see, you remember, you remember when you were blind, the blindness was that you were lost and you didn't even know you were lost, but then by God's grace, God comes to you and says, Hey, I want to show you the way back to me. I need you. I called you. i died for you. I want you son. I want you daughter. He didn't call you to, to, he didn't call you back to slavery or servitude. He called you to sonship. And so he says, this grace comes to you and it's a free gift. It's a free gift. Now get that picture in your mind. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't do anything to deserve it. But look at this next verse. The spiritual man, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46. The spiritual man did not come first. It was the physical man that came first, Adam. Adam was formed. Where did Adam come from? He came from the earth. 
right? Now think about this. Adam was, Adam was formed from the dust or the earth. It's, isn't it interesting that when they analyze our human bodies, that all of our human bodies can exactly match the same, the same uh, substances that chemically that make up the earth? Did you know that? Dust thou art... And dust thou shalt return. Man, Adam, was made after the earth. Well, here's an interesting thing for you Bible students. You want to know why, why your flesh and why your physical body, why is, it your, why is it you don't want to fast? Why is it that it's hard to pray? Why is it sometimes so hard to do the will of God because if you're in the natural realm of your body, your body is tied to the earth. You with me? Now, when Adam and Eve sinned, what did, what did, what did God say to the serpent subsequent to Adam and Eve sinning? He said, you're going to crawl on your belly, you serpent, you. And you're going to eat dust. Wait, 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 you gonna what? The serpent is gonna feed on where does Satan come against us? He comes against us in our flesh. So the first man came from the dust of the earth. The second man came from heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus came from heaven. Now get this. So in Adam we identified and are connected to the dust. This is what he's saying here. Listen to what he says. The second man came from heaven. All people belong to the earth. We are all tied to the earth. That's why physically we die. Physically, this natural part of us, this is like a tent. It's like a house. It's just, it's not you. It's just your house. Hello? I want to help somebody here because somebody needs to hear this today because you watched somebody close to you die and you felt like, like well, they just... Their life ended. Scripture tells us that's not when life ends. The beauty of this for a believer is when you die, you just put away this earthly suit and you put on your heavenly and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I know still it hurts. I know that it hurts to let go of someone in their earthly existence, but I take great joy in knowing that that's not the end. In fact, they have passed from death into the presence of God, and they're looking up there going, why why y'all crying for me? I got it made. That's why when, you know, when the time comes, I told my wife, I said, you know, when y'all, when you have my funeral, don't, don't sing those sad songs. Y'all don't cry. I want y'all to shout. I want y'all to have a party. I I want y'all to sing that old song. Ain't nobody gonna hold, ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Amen. And so here's what he says. The second man came from heaven. All people belong to the earth. The reality is that everything in the earth is going to pass the way of the earth. It is appointed unto man once to die. Listen, that's just the truth. And I, there's nothing that can... that, that it, we, it is appointed unto man once to die. But it, that doesn't have to be the end. That doesn't have to be it. That doesn't have to be the story. 
All people belong to the earth, but they are like the first man of the earth. But those who belong to heaven are like that man of heaven. So when you come into Jesus, you get identified with Jesus. Where was Jesus from? Heaven. So when, when you and this is what Paul was talking about. I know you all, you all have read this where he says we are seated with him in heavenly places. You know why that is? Because in the heart and the mind and the reality of God, we are already connected to Jesus. So when, when we go to Jesus, we're transcending this earth. We pass through all the atmospheres of this world and we go right into the presence of God. And when we pray, when we, when we seek God, when we lay hands on people, we're, we're being trans, uh, what's that in Star Wars, what do they call that? Transported. I'm not a Trekkie, I'm sorry. But you're transported. So I'm not living, I know y'all, I know I'm, I got this earth suit. I wear this earth suit. But when I live my life, I'm not living my life out of this earth suit. I'm living my life out of my position in Christ. I'm transported. I'm in Him. And see, the church has got to get this in our hearts and our minds that when we, when we just pray, when we, when we believe, when we speak the Word of God, we're not speaking from here. We're speaking from there. Because that brings you power. It gives you the ability to see I'm connected to heaven. And when you're connected to heaven, what happens is you live. See, this is, listen, this is what Jesus meant when he said, pray like this. Our Father, which art in, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Many Christians are living like the whole goal of Christianity is to die and go to heaven. I submit to you this morning that the goal of Christianity is to live and bring heaven to earth. And if when the church brings heaven to earth, everything changes. That a believer can walk in a room and the atmosphere can change. That you can look at a mountain and you can say, mountain, get out of my way. You can look at an impossibility. Listen, young people, don't, don't follow a lot of these folks right here because you know what? A lot of these folks right here, they do fine until they see something in their way. You guys, you guys learned this. No matter what you see here, look up higher and see there. And then speak what you see there, not what you see here. Are you all with me? You ever listen to you ever listen to some of your prayers sometime? Oh God, I'm sick. Oh God, I'm dying. Oh God, I'm defeated. Oh God, I'm a loser. Oh God, nobody loves me. Oh God, nobody wants to nobody wants to hang out with me. Oh God, people don't like me. Oh God, people are out to get me. We're supposed to pray from heaven. We're supposed to live from heaven. We're supposed to talk from heaven. Say, but Pastor Mike, you don't know how bad that it really is in my life. But see, the way that God gets into your world is by you being the lightning rod 
See, this isn't about, you know, I, I, I know we think, well, God, do this. Can, can I tell you something? If we went back to Genesis, I want to call something to your attention. That was the only time that I have ever found in Scripture where God ever did anything apart from a man. He created man, then he tied himself to man, and he said, man, listen to me, whatever you subdue, whatever you bring under your feet, whatever you take control of and rule and reign, I'm coming alongside because we're going to co-labor. Many of us are asking God to take over and do something in spite of us or in place of us. God says, I don't want to do it in spite of you. I don't want to do it in place of you. I want to do it alongside of you. That's powerful right there. I don't know. Somebody should be going, Woo! Hallelujah. I've been wondering when God's going to move. You know when God's going to move? When you move. When you show up, God's going to show up. When you release the word of faith, God's going to release his power to confirm his word. He didn't say he would confirm you. He said he would confirm his word that comes out of you. So here's the deal. First Kings 17. Elijah, man of God, crazy man. Crazy man. He just believed God. He lived from heaven. That's why he was crazy. You know, if you live from heaven, you're going to be crazy. People are going to think you're crazy. You hear what he said? Because all the world's talking in its lingo and its way, and, and all the world is trying to get you in agreement with them. Did you ever notice how Satan works under the same thing that he needs to get you in agreement with him? Folks, agreement works for the for God and it also works for evil. If you speak and you act and you walk according to your agreement with the devil, then you will get what the devil has for you. But when you break your agreement with hell, praise God. I lived many years in agreement with hell. And I lived a life that was hard and harsh and hard to, hard to find any joy and peace, if, if any. But then one day Jesus broke through the grace of God. The second man came and said, Mike, are you tired of living this way? Because I've got something new for you. And if you will break your agreement with that and confess me, because the word confess says, means to say the same thing as. If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. Confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. Satan, I break my agreement with hell. Some of you need to say this. You need to say, I break my agreement with hell. I'm not going to walk in agreement with what the devil has said. God, forgive me for saying and agreeing with Satan's work. Now, God, I'm in agreement with what you're saying. And when you get in agreement with God, you get God's power released in your life. Because if any two or three agree as touching anything, it shall be done. The place of agreement is the place of power. Shout amen, somebody. So you see, get this. Once you get in agreement with God, then the Holy Spirit is unleashed hallelujah man I, I feel like a duck my feet are just going like this when you get in agreement with God listen church here's what happens 
that agreement brings you into alignment. And when you get in alignment with heaven, you get heaven's reward. The whole purpose of the gospel was to get us to the place of agreement, to get us to the place of alignment. Alignment is how we get in agreement with God and God lines his, us up with his purpose. There can be no alignment without agreement and there's no agreement without alignment. You got to be willing to say, Lord, take all this crooked stuff, this, these high places, these low places, these twisted places, these rough places, get them out of my life. I get in agreement with heaven. I'm going to let you bring heaven to earth through my life. That's why you live from a whole different realm. You speak from a whole different realm. People are complaining to you and you say, well, praise God, here's what God says. And you just begin to confess the word of God. People tell you how broke they are. You say, you know what? God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And they go, yeah, but you don't understand. No, I don't understand. But here's the thing I do understand. That if you'll get in agreement with God, God will turn your situation around. It doesn't matter if you're lost broke, sick, addicted. There is nothing that can withstand the power of God. So Elijah, Elijah, prophet, man of God, is burdened because he sees his nation backslidden. He sees his nation far from God because of Jezebel and Ahab. The people have fallen into idolatry and they don't look like God's people anymore. They don't talk like God's people. They don't think like God's people. They're not living like God's people. So in 1 Kings 17, this is, this is off the beaten path. is isn't even up here, so... I'm going to go on with it. So, First Kings 17, Elijah's moved. He realizes he's God's, he's God's person to stand between heaven and earth. So he runs into King Ahab. How I many you know when you're walking in agreement and aligned with, with God, God will put you in some amazing places. Ahab walks up to him. I love this question. He goes, are you he that's troubling Israel? Are you the troublemaker? Come on, church. I'm I'm looking for some troublemakers like Elijah. Yeah, the kind that can call fire down from heaven. The kind that makes the devil uncomfortable. The kind that give the devil a migraine. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's the kind that when you show up, the devil goes, oh man, this is done. I'm out of here. Come on, church. Are you he that troubleth Israel? That's what it says in the King James. Are you he that troubleth Israel? Troublemaker? Troublemaker? Look at your neighbor and say, are you a troublemaker? When you walk in the room, does the devil tremble? When you walk into the situation, does the devil go, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Hello? And so here's, here's what happens. Elijah goes to the king. He says, as according to my word, everybody say my word. According, now this is Elijah talking. Elijah the man who James said was a man just like you. A man of like passion. He was a man with the with flesh and blood. He, he, he was just a man, but he had great faith and he walked in divine connection with God. Can you say amen, somebody? And when he walks up to Ahab, he says, by my word, it will not rain again because rain to Israel was like everything. You cannot be an agricultural nation who depends on everything, your herds, your flocks, your 
food, everything depended on two rains. The former rain or the early rain that came in the spring and the latter rain that came in the fall. You had to have those two rains in a very arid climate at least to have a harvest. And Elijah says, by my word, it will not rain till I say so. You ever said something sometimes and you heard yourself and you go, Oop. I've had I've had those moments where I've stood with people and I've stood in hospitals with people and the doctors walked in the room and said they're gonna die. And I just sat there and I let the doctor say his piece and then he left. And then I looked at the family. I didn't, I, I said this out of, out of what I felt was my connection to heaven. It wasn't just because I felt sorry. Because I know it's a, I don't say this to everybody. I don't say this all the time. I don't just say it for the sake of saying it. I try to listen and be tuned in to the Spirit of God. But I understand God will honor our word. Do you know that if you speak things, God will stand behind what you say? Do you understand that God has linked himself to you and his word? And if you will walk in his word, and I looked at them and I said, they are not going to die. They're going to live and walk out of this place. And three days later, they got up and discharged them because God will honor your word. Elijah says this. He says, it's not going to rain. Then Elijah did what most people do. He started having a, a, a fear a fear thing. I mean, you know, when you start stepping out like this, fear will come against you. When you're taking, when you're walking down a path and you're trying to believe God for healing, fear will come against you. You can be sure fear is going to come against you. You can be sure the devil, because the devil is behind all fear. But I'm here to tell you today that there is no fear in love. Because perfect love casts out all fear. And so Elijah gets depressed, discouraged. He runs off. The Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, I want you to go to a brook called Cherith. And there I've commanded, listen, there God says, there I command a, a raven to feed you. Brooke. Now let, remember, where is he? He's in a desert. And he, call, he just called for rain to stop. And it didn't rain for three years. He's at the brook of Cherith, and he's like at a resort because he's got water. The whole nation's in a drought. He's got a raven. Do you know what a raven is? It's a buzzard. No, it's a it's a flesh eating. What do you call those? They're like, they're, yeah. To get a to get a raven to let go of its own food is like Terry sharing her dinner with me. Get your own. It's true. God commanded the raven. Let me tell you something, church. Listen, if God can command a raven who is a scavenger, who will, who will only take care of itself, and he says, you come and every day he brought this man of God fresh meat and bread. Read it. He brought for until one day the brook dried up. Because you know, God is always moving and, and it was time, listen, it was time for him to move on. It was time, listen, can I just tell you prophetically, the brook dried up and that God is telling the church, move on. Get on with this. Some of you are trying to hold on to something in the past. It's amazing to me how many, how we can glorify something in the past and forget all the mess that went along with it. And somehow we cherish it and put it in, in high order. And then, and then when God says, I'm done with that, I'm going to do a new thing, says the Lord. You don't put new wine into old wineskins. 
Why? Because it'll burst. You with me? Now get this. I'm almost there. Listen. The brook dries up. He says, I, I want you to go to the widow's house. The widow? How many of you know widows typically aren't where you're going to get your best support? Preachers don't ask. God, send me all the widows. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're a widow here today, I love you. I appreciate you. You're more important to me and to this church than you could ever dream. Because here's what God did with this widow. He said, I've commanded the widow to sustain you. He walks up into the Zarephath. He walks up to this widow and he says, hey, would you give me something to drink? She gives him a drink. He says, go get me some bread. She goes, sir. Sir. I would be glad to share what little bit I have with you. That's because that's the way widows are. Man, the widows in this church are the most generous people in this church. That's no joke. And it, they may not have as much as some, but they give more proportionally. Remember the widow's might? Jesus said she gave more because she gave out of her need stay with me here listen to me she says I'm going to go he says you know what go fix me go fix me a, a loaf of bread and it says when she fixed him loaf of bread the meal in the barrel didn't go down and she sustained him the rest of that three and a half years and every day there was this much meal in the barrel Everybody go this much. You say, God, I don't have a lot. God says, it don't matter. All you need is this much. God, I don't have that kind of faith. It doesn't, you don't have to have great. All you need is. Come on, preach with me this morning. Pastor Mike, I don't have all the resources, but all you need is. If you have a little, all you got to do is put it in God's hands. Because when you put it in God's hands. A little becomes a lot. This is just a little church. I'm telling you, this is a little church. This is a little church. But I got great faith for this little church that even though we're just this much, hallelujah, that God can do great things with this much. Shout amen, somebody. I'm here to tell you, we've got to stop thinking like I only got this much. Think about where it's coming from. He sustains her. Then one day the Spirit of God moves him. Three and a half years later. He's praying. He was on his 21 days of awakening. Because even prophets got to get away with God. And he's praying. He's praying. He's praying. He's praying. He's praying. God speaks to him and says, it's time. He gets his servant. Now listen to me. He grabs his servant. He said, I want you to go check out the sky. His servant Gehazi, I think was his name. He runs off, comes back. I don't really see anything. He says, go look again. He came, he went out, looked again, he said, I don't see anything. How many of you are praying for something and you haven't seen anything yet? Don't stop. Go go check it again. Go check it again. Go check again. Seven times. See, if you start, if you stop on the fifth time, you're gonna miss God's miracle. If you stop on the sixth time, you're gonna miss God's miracle. 
Seven times. Seven times he went out and he looked. On the seventh time, he comes back. Elijah says, what's going on? Did you see anything? He says, yeah. He said, I saw a cloud. Hasn't rained for three and a half years. I saw a cloud, but it was only about the size of a man's hand. What do you see today? What do you see today? Oh, my life, man, is so, I'm so struggling. I'm so weak. I'm so afraid. I'm so worried. I'm so fearful. I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And the man of God in faith rises up and says, get ready. It's coming. There's a sound of abundance rain. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you, church, I don't care what the size of the cloud is. I know that the God of heaven is in it, behind it. And I hear the sound of abundance rain. Hallelujah. I see lives healed, families restored, bodies delivered from cancer. I see churches revived and renewed. I see a region coming to Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe we've got to stand up and say it's about to rain. Stand to your feet with me. You say, Pastor Mike, that's pretty bold. That's pretty presumptuous. Okay, let's go back where we started. You were created in the image of God. Everything you see here is because God spoke. Some of you are holding on. I think God brought you to this place today. So God can bring you to this place where you'll stand to your feet and say, The Lord is my helper. In whom shall I fear? confess if we say the same thing that God is saying it shall be done for with the mouth confession is made to salvation what do you need this morning I want you to say it right now I want you to raise your hands with me right now what do you need? I want you to join. Father, I pray you'll put these words in your people that today, this morning, they will stand here and say, the Lord is my God, the strength of my life. Today, Lord, I say, I am healed. I am saved. I am delivered. There is no addiction that can hold me. There is no bondage that can keep me. There is no lie that can destroy me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. And you restore my soul. I am healed. I am saved. I am delivered. In the name of Jesus. Say that with me. Say this. Say, I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. 
I am a child of the King. I come behind in nothing. I lack nothing. God, you're my everything. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm free. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, it's going to rain. Hallelujah. Let it rain. 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 God, let it rain. Hallelujah. 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 Wow, I feel like, I feel like, I, I want you to get in groups of three or three or four. Just get, get some prayer people around you. Get in groups of three or four. Y'all come with me right here. Teach you to get in the front row. So here's what we're going to do. Get in groups of three and four. I want you to release. Listen to me. I want you to release with your words. The blessing, the favor, the promise, the Holy Spirit in His fullness. I want you to release the rain. Release the rain over the hands that you're holding in the name of Jesus. Right now, come on, release the rain. Release and listen to the Holy Spirit. Speak and listen to the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. I release the rain. I release the rain. I release the promise. I release the blessing. I release the power. I release victory. I release new mindsets and new thinking. I release new hope, new life. I release, Lord, new promises and new power. Everything that's old, everything that's been hanging around is gone in the name of Jesus and behold all things are new they're new new hearts new minds new souls new spirit inundated energized by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I just speak that